On this week's show, going up, Corinthian boss Michael Golding gives us his reaction to news of the FA's restructure. I think we've deserved it, and I, I know it's always difficult to say when you haven't actually won anything, and I think people will always throw at us, oh, we didn't win it, we haven't won a league, we don't deserve promotion, but our points per game over two seasons, we are the best side in the league. There's a new man in the dugout at Cray Wanderers. We hear from Danny Kedwell after his appointment at Hayes Lane. Oh, you always got to be your own man. Uh, but I will definitely take a bit of something from different people that I've had manage man management to me as well. And the season's over for Deal Town. Head coach Steve King reflects on their defeat to Binfield. But ultimately, over the 90 minutes, their quality and bit of class showed, and no complaint from us. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast brought to you in association with SCSA Sports Management. And we've got a packed show coming up for you this week, three interviews, so although we're a little later than normal, we hope it's well worth the wait for you all. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who's discovered in the last seven days that I have a terrible core, apparently. And on the line now is a man who my sources tell me was queuing up outside Primark at Westwood Cross from 2am on Monday. It's Matt Gerrard, of course. How are you, pal? 1am, uh, uh, well, mental people. Apparently they're... Because I got, don't live too far. I'm very well. Don't live too far from. Um, well, don't work too far from Primark, and they were queued up all the way back to the McDonald's. Wow! If you know that, that's so absolutely mental. But I am going shopping to Primark tomorrow. Well, I'm not. The wife is because the kids need some stuff. We're going somewhere else. Not to Planet. Not to Westwood Cross. So yeah, yeah mental, wasn't it? Really. I, was, I heard the word on the street in uh, in Eastbourne was that uh, they had to open the shop 15 minutes early because there was the queue was so big outside, uh, and also that all the people who normally stock in the shelves were sent home because they were like, "You're not going to be able to do anything." So they sent them home and asked them to come back later that day on the first day of opening on Monday. Uh, so yeah, quite intense. We actually went to uh, to Debenhams yesterday because um, Hayley bought me a off. Well, exactly. Hayley bought me a shirt for Christmas that, uh, that that was too big. Um, so we wanted to take that back and exchange it. Well, we ended up spending the best part of 200 quid on various items in there because it's such a, a, a big sale on. And it's, it's devastating because, you know, we really like Debenhams. We're actually going to miss it a lot. And then was you just there, you're like, had, oh, definitely bargains to be had, Jeff. If you're going somewhere with the Debenhams when you do your little Primarni shop, you'll be uh, you'll be well in, uh, well advised to. to I go thought it would be it would be pillaged by the people of Thanet, the one at Westwood. So there's probably nothing <laughs> left. They probably they probably even purchased the uh, shelves, I expect, on that basis. Yeah, well, the one in Hastings had quite a lot of stuff actually yesterday, so. Uh, so that was all right. But I mean, I haven't ventured. That's the only sort of time I've ventured into uh, into town so far. Uh, so, have you been uh, to a pub yet? I have not been to a pub yet because I've been working all week. So, And also, it's freezing cold. So why would I want to go and sit? It, it, it sums up again. I'm, I'm, you know, the, I'm slating the place that I live now. Well, I do like Planet. Uh, went, went, went for a walk. It was Monday night. I would go for a walk with a dog and we'll go and see how busy it was. Uh, by the time we got onto Viking Bay, the first thing we saw was a bloke pissing up against the wall. <laughs> that, that really summed it up to us. I thought, hey! And this, this was quite cold. And, I, and I'm thinking that by the time it's, you know, 20 degrees, if the pub's, it's going to be absolutely carnage. So that was Hopefully, what, now that it was the first night and that's out of the way, people might calm it down a little bit. But it, we did go out for breakfast yesterday to a, a nice little cafe just down the road from us. Um, and obviously, we don't normally get the chance to go out for breakfast. So that was a, a, a nice treat for us. So, yeah, I'll, we'll probably go to a pub 
next week maybe 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 at the weekend but you know i'm, I'm in no rush really because all the pubs i like are small and don't have outside space so it does make it difficult what we did see is on the monday and then we did the same walk on the tuesday the monday was packed outside the places you can sit outside tuesday there was about four people yeah so i think um people from that sort of thing yeah, exactly. And we'll just have to see what the impact uh, of all of that is when we in, in the next couple of weeks, because they're all, they're all detoying all you got. You've got to be careful and everything. But I understand, Matt, that now they've opened up the jab to 45 and over. Is your quids in, mate? Uh, I am. I am getting my jab next week. So um, from that. So we've, I, I kept going on the website to go and do it. Um, uh, but they didn't do anything. But then my doctor texted me. So then I'm in. I still have to go to the Saga building. So on that basis so yeah well, i'm still a long way away because obviously the system's got to crash twice more before i get to book my appointment um but I've, annoyingly they've moved our vaccination center because it was at the leisure center just down the road but very selfishly they've been able to reopen uh so i'll have to go slightly further afield i'll have quite a quite a long stomp when i have to go and get mine but uh it'll be worth the wait i'm when, sure do you know when you're your well you're not you know when you're likely to get yours well, I mean, obviously, they're going to do all the 45s to 49s. Then they're going to do all the 40s to 45s. And then they'll start worrying about people like myself. So, oh, right, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm on next week, so that's, which is good. So, good. so apparently, everybody keeps saying to me, I feel rougher a bit. So, uh, The advice that I've been given and I've heard is do not have an alcoholic drink the evening after. Uh, all right, I'll get mine at half six. So don't have that. You don't drink that. Don't no, don't have any booze. I probably I probably would avoid it, uh, avoid it on the Wednesday oh, right, as well because yeah, yeah. my I'll friend... My friend said he'd had one of the worst hangovers he's ever had because uh, he'd had a couple of cans and that was related to the jab. So, yes, don't drink after you've had your jab is it is the sage advice doing the rounds. Oh, right. Oh, interesting. Oh, right. Well, I, well, I won't be doing too much. So yeah, there you go. Good man. It's our 167th episode this week. And 167 is a Chen Prime, a Gaussian Prime, a Safe Prime and an Eisenstein Prime with no imaginary parts. Uh, it's also the number of tennis titles won by Martina Navratilova. That kind of reinforces that point from a few weeks ago. Those pitchers in base were really not worth celebrating with their 165 career wins. Uh, tennis, Matt, sports, I don't think it's come up on the podcast before. Are you, are you a fan? I'm, I do mind. I don't mind. I watch a bit. Of, I do like a bit of tennis. I like a game of tennis. We used to, as always, it's the thing when we were kids, Wimbledon, the, the two weeks before and the two weeks after Wimbledon, we'd go up to Canort <laughs> Park and play tennis. Um, but we always have one of my mates who could serve it like Goran Ivanovic, so he could never get it back. But and and the on the Connaught Park fields there before I don't know if it's still there now. But um, yeah, I do like a game of tennis. In fact, yeah, I don't mind a game of tennis. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I, I don't mind been, it. I'm not, Wimbledon is one of those places I'd like to go to. to I've been. Box. I've been. I went. I went on a sort of school trip in uh, 1994. Uh, yeah, 1994, and uh, yeah, it was it was quite an experience actually. It was it was very good. Uh, just it's massive. It's like there's so much going on. You can just sort of flip between the the outcourts, which is all I did all day, and I just went and watched various games all over the place. It was uh, it was good fun. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, one thing I'd like, yeah, yeah, I'd like to go to Wimbledon, one of those things. So, but one day maybe. Yes. It's good to guess a, a quality school trip though. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why how I managed to fluke it, but it was a day off school, which was even better for me back in the day. Uh, anyway, on with the show. And we start with news, big news from the FA, who announced on Monday that they do plan to go ahead with some of the restructuring that was planned for this summer, creating a new division at Step Four, that's Isthmian League Southeast level to you and I, and two more divisions will be created at Scaffold level. That means that twenty clubs will be promoted from Step five and 60 will be promoted from step six to step five with the teams 
put forward on a points per game basis over the past two seasons. The key point from all of that for us is that, as the scaffold said in their statement, Corinthian, Kennington, Holmesdale and Rustall will all be eligible to be put forward for promotion on that two season basis. With 88 points from 37 games over the past two seasons, Corinthian are 0.16 points ahead of Sheppey United. So if it is all ratified, they will be promoted to Isthmian League South East. A timetable has been released by the FA with plans to be voted on next week. The teams will then be given an opportunity to apply. Uh, the applications will then be assessed and the final allocations will be released on May the 17th. So it's not quite a formality then, but the signs are looking very positive for Corinthians. So early this week, I called up with their boss, Michael Golding, and I started by asking him where he was when he heard the news. <laughs> Incredibly boring story. I was in dentist with my two young children. Um, left my phone in the car, was in there for an hour or so while they had their checkup, came out and the phone was red hot and probably close to 50, 60 different text messages, phone calls, WhatsApps, voicemails from varying people. Um, and it probably took me five, ten minutes to start to read through them and actually work out what was going on. So, so yeah, I was, I was in the dentist. Very exciting, I know. And I suppose, obviously, we, we know nothing is confirmed as yet, um, but it does look like at the moment, from what the scaffold have said, that the team they will be putting forward to be promoted to the Eastman League is Corinthian. Uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think, again, it, it's all very much... We're, we're waiting for next Thursday when the FA Council agree to it, uh, and obviously we hope that they do. Um, and in terms of being the side that the scaffold put through, I, I think we've deserved it. And I, I know it's always difficult to say when you haven't actually won anything, and I think people will always throw at us, oh, we didn't win it, we haven't won a league, we don't deserve promotion. But, but our points per game over two seasons, we are the best side in the league. Um, the year that was curtailed was shaping up to be a great league or great season with Sheppey, Chatham, Beckenham, Tunbridge. There, there were some great sides in it this year. Um, but I think over the two years, we are the right side to be going up. Is there a, a sense of frustration, I suppose, for you that you've not had the chance to, to get a trophy and, and, and you know, do... Because th- there is a lot of people who, who will say, you know, Sheppey deserved it, Chatham have deserved it, but you also have really, really deserved this, but you're not going to get anything to put in your trophy cabinet. No, I think there is a little bit of that. I think, obviously, the curtailed season was only 9, 10, 11 games deep for the scaffold side. So, so that was very much in its infancy. So it's difficult to say who would have gone on. Obviously, Sheppey, Chatham started incredibly well. Ourselves, we, we were just behind them. Um, and, and we notoriously get better as the season goes on. But I think the frustration is still the season before when ourselves and Beckenham were, were the top two sides. Um, and we were the best two sides. Sheppey had a great run in that season and would have pushed both of us. But I think that that was the season that we look back on with frustration. We were 10 games away from finishing and, and we would have gone on to win the league. Um, so to not have that it is a frustration. But if the FA Council do agree to, to promoting us, then, then we'll take the promotion however it comes. I suppose, well, people also forget that the previous season, how, how close you came as well. So for three years, you have been there or thereabouts, haven't you? Yeah, I know people give us the tag of the nearly men. And, and yeah, I think over the three seasons, we've scored 178, or we've, we've earned 178 points in the league, which I think over three seasons or two, two and a bit seasons, it is pretty good going. Um, so, yeah, I, I think over three years, we've deserved it. But, but this is this has been a five, six-year project since I came in and took over from James Collins five, six years ago. We, we've been building to this and we've been working with younger players and we've kept the nucleus of the squad. So, yes, it's on the back of the last two seasons points per game, but actually it's a much longer-term project that the players and the management have all bought into and worked towards. And I'm just glad that, that the players that have stuck with us and gone through the tough times when we were finishing 9th and 10th, 
table that, that hopefully they are going to get their just rewards the ones that stuck it out with us and the young players that have progressed and developed with us they are going to get the rewards that, that we have been working towards you're a very close-knit bunch as well how, how are the players are they, are they very pleased yeah the, the, the WhatsApp was good yesterday. It was a little bit busy. I think, again, the boys are very nervous that the terminologies could be promoted and it's still waiting for approval. So, again, I think next Thursday and then the 18th of May when it when it's all agreed, or 17th of May when it's all agreed, I think that's when you'll see the outpouring of relief and emotion from the players and the management. But, but at the moment, everyone's very excited, but we're all very much aware that it could be taken away from us with, with a no decision next week. And I suppose, again, not getting too carried away, but how much of a challenge will it be if you are put into the Eastman League South East? Yeah, massive challenge. Um, the Skeffles are a very tough to see, uh, division. And we know that every year and we've had to go through those tough times, like I say. But but I think I think we're ready to go up. The ground's ready. I know people are already asking the question, is the ground good enough and has it passed its grade? The ground's fine. We've ticked every single box and we have done for a number of years. Um, I think we had to add a sink into our changing room or into the away changing room was the last thing that we had to do to, to pass last year's or the year before's grading. So the ground's good to go. And I, and I think it's a challenge that myself, the management team and all the players needed, to be honest. It, it would have been tough going through another season of scaffold, um, having had the disappointment of the Cray Valley season and then the null and void and then obviously the curtailment. It, it would have been tough for the same group of players because we're not a team that changes 60-70% of our squad. We are the same players over and over again. So I think the fact that we've now got some exciting away days and some new teams and, and new challenges ahead of us is exactly what we want. I'm, I'm very realistic. I know that we'll be one of the favourites to finish down the bottom with, with our no budget and all those kind of things that, that we've spoken about previously. But but we'll give it a good shot and, and we'll embrace it and we'll enjoy it. And, and I'm sure that we'll, uh, we'll roughly here and there and we'll give a good account of ourselves which is the most important thing well knowing you and 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 your team and, and how you set up being the underdogs is, is exactly what you like isn't it yeah i mean we probably talk about every cup competition that we go into and i know we've had you did that every single round in the bars but but we are set up to be the under, underdogs we are set up to be the side that nobody knows too much about and they don't really understand how or why we're a good side um, so I think it will work into our favour and obviously you, you're going up in terms of professionalism so teams will know about us and teams will do their homework on us and it's down to us to be better than we have been for the last few years we'll need to be fitter we'll need to be better organised uh, our recruitment and our retention will need to be very very good uh, and hopefully that gives us a fighting chance When you talk about recruitment I mean obviously we know that, that there isn't a, a playing budget at Corinthian how do you go about convincing players to join you? We... Obviously, we're going into uncharted territory in terms of going up the division, hopefully. Um, but we will still be towards the bottom of the pecking order. Um, teams with budgets will still have the, the first pool of players to pick from and then we'll pick up what's left. Obviously, hopefully, we, we can encourage some younger players and some players that have maybe been in around that kind of level to, to come and help us. But to be honest, we, we worked with a squad of 20, which was quite large for the last two seasons. We're hoping that the majority of those boys will stay. One or two won't be able to commit to the Ishmian level because of work commitments and various other things. So, like, like I said, we won't need massive recruitment. It will be more retention. Can we keep hold of the players that we think and we, we feel are good enough um, who will all have offers from, from Scaffold clubs and clubs in the Ryman League or the Ishmian League as they have over the last couple of years? And then it's can we add those one or two right players? It's also their character that's important for us. It, it takes a, a particular player that's happy to come down and to embed themselves into our squad. So we've got a couple of names that 
we had drawn up wish lists and depending on where we were going to be and, and up until yesterday at four o'clock it looked like it was going to be scaffold and we were working towards that um but to be honest we've had a complete break the management team the players we've, we've had a little bit of contact with each other but we've had a complete break for the last five six weeks and a few of the boys are playing reserve football at the moment for our reserves but some of them just wanted time away to be with families and to work. So, so it's good now that, that that's bringing the players together and we'll, we'll start those kind of conversations in terms of uh, retention and then that will let us know roughly what we need to bring in. And just finally, I suppose, if you do leave the scaffold, it, it's a great league and I'd imagine the title race next season is going to be absolutely spectacular with or without you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's shaping up to be a great league. Obviously, Sheffield are putting in their 3G and will continue to try and get out of that league. Chatham were brilliant at the start of this season. But then you look at the likes of Beckenham, Tunbridge, Ballam came up and did well. Deal were always strong with speaking down there. So, you can go through, there's probably 9, 10, 11 teams that will all fancy their chances. And it's just who's the most consistent. But, but yeah, I'm sure it, I'm sure it will be a great, great season. We're probably in a roundabout way for, for the sides at the top. Maybe they'll appreciate that we're not in the league that is one less team to compete with. Um, not that they'll open it. But, but we'll, we'll enjoy it from afar, hopefully. I think Matt is trying not to get too carried away there. But as we said there, you'd have to be pretty mean-spirited to say that if there is to be a promotion place, Corinthian do not deserve it. Uh, there's a massive thing on the Scaffold website. I didn't actually read it. Does it, the FA have said this and now the FA have got to sanction it? Or is it how does it work on this side? It's played? a bit like when they null and voided um, the National League North and South. So the decision was made, but it's got to be ratified by the council, right. basically. Okay. And if you're a club up north, I won't use one of our ones, and they could say, no, this is not fair. They could put their point in to say this shouldn't happen, I presume. They've got a short period of time. I think it's the end of this week to to get those things forward. They, they are saying that teams uh, will be allowed not to apply for promotion if they don't want to, and then it may filter down from there. Right. Um, but it basically is going to be the top three teams from the Northwest Counties League, Northern Counties East League and Northern League, and the top club from the remaining 11 Step 5 divisions eligible for promotion. And then the top three clubs from 18 of the Step 6 divisions and the top two in the Southwest Peninsula League divisions will be promoted into Step 5. And, you know, it, it is one of those things. There are going to be winners and losers. We'll be talking about that uh, shortly. But... If we look at it from a Kent point of view, as, as I just said to you there, Matt, how mean-spirited would you have to be to say Corinthian are not the team that deserves to be promoted over the past two seasons? Yeah, very mean-spirited when you think how close they came before, the goal difference, or even very slight when they lost to Craig Valley. Um, going and then well. for two seasons, so consistent. Oh, yeah, yeah, very consistent. And, and, you know, he was pretty confident that he said if last season hadn't been um, curtailed with 10 games to go, he was confident they were going to go and win it. So, um yeah, I think uh, it's probably the right decision. As he said there, maybe the likes of Sheffield and Chatham will be quite happy that Corinthian have gone and it you know, makes maybe makes their life a little bit easier next season. But I think they've been given the opportunity to go up. I think they deserve that opportunity. Really interesting what he said about payment of players, how they're going to get players now. So I'm not saying that the um, Scaffold or Ryman League are um, different, but I, I presume... You might get players who play in the Ryman League who pay for a bit more money than the Scaffold. And if they're not paying players, it's going to be difficult if he loses a few players. So a good chance for his management skills how to work on this because that must be must be thing. The higher you get, you know, the higher players are paid, I would have thought. So it might be a little bit difficult for them. I think it's absolutely fascinating, to be honest, to, yeah. to see how they're going to get on next season because we, we've seen 
how good they've been in the scaffold. We often say that we think the scaffold is a really, really strong league. And now they're going to go up a league and they're going to be tested against other teams, uh, other clubs to to make friends with uh, or not, as and can often be the case with Corinthian. Um, but it is just such a fantastic opportunity. And I don't think it's any secret that I, I tend to get on quite, quite well with Michael Golden. We've, we've met on a couple of occasions at matches and stuff, but we've just kind of hit it off and, and, and we often uh, sort of have, have a chat about things that are going on and I'm so so pleased with him because he's a really nice fella and, and whatever you want to think about his team and the way that they play their football um, and, and and bits and pieces like that of which I, I, I have I haven't seen anything like uh, the levels that I see other people complaining about when I've seen Corinthian play but whatever you think about them he is a manager who has done a fantastic job to get that club where they are hopefully, probably going to be next season. Yeah, and I, I think what you also said in that interview was all about, you know, he could test himself against other bits and pieces, other clubs. Go, you know, it's very nice to play these same teams over and over again, but they're going to go to some, you know, the Hastings of this world and other bits and pieces, testing themselves against a lot bigger clubs. And that must be really satisfying for him because we know how much work he does off the field as well. Gives him, probably gives him a new... Sp- you know, step at his, you know, a little boost into his steps as well, where he's going to be going there, looking at other teams. So it'll be really interesting how they get on. Again, he seemed pretty confident that players would would stay with them. Um, would there be much more travelling? I suppose there would be. I'm trying to work that out, where they're based and where they are. It might not be. I, I mean, yeah, it's not too... Not too bad. He did say a couple of players have already kind of indicated they may not be able to carry on because yeah. of the commitments. And I guess, you know... We don't know. Michael may be saying, well, we're going to need to train a little bit more. We're going to need to do a little bit more. I think obviously with various, I think there might be a couple more cup competitions for them to play in and bits and pieces like yeah. that as well. Um, and in terms of the leafage, you know, sometimes there may be a longer trip uh, on a uh, on a Tuesday night and that will make that might make things more difficult. But yeah, as you say, they're not, it's not as if they're out on a limb like a deal and the travelling is going to be that much more because it is a, a very Kent based league and and even the likes of Hastings, he's granted, aren't that far from Corinthian. So I think it's going to be a really, really interesting test. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how it all pans out. And it's just great. I mean, obviously, someone's going to be moved across as well because no one's going to be relegated from the Eastman League Southeast. So there's going to be some movement around. I'd imagine probably Chichester are likely to be moved across because that's a long way. That's probably the furthest division. But, you know, all of that we will find out uh we will find out what happens in the uh, in the coming weeks, but it's just it's just really exciting, and I'm really pleased that they found a way to to make this happen because it needed to happen, and I think that that's a a, a big thing. Yeah, I, I think it's good for the league. Um, we have the other sides coming up. Um, I think the scaffold, you know, will be quite happy to say thank you. You know, move on. It'd be really just to see how they get on next season and how. Um, we don't think there's too much of a difference between the scaffold and the rhyme and it'll be interesting to see I'm the one thing that I keep saying fascinates me is the wage situation because there may be players on the scaffold on the rhyme who are on decent money but I think there's players in the scaffold who earn decent money at a yeah, couple yeah, of yeah, clubs yeah yeah that's true that's true yeah that is true that is true but it'll just be interesting to see my, my, my heart sort of sings a little bit with these players aren't motivated for money because if this was me I'd be and I'm a a good footballer, which is definitely not the case. I'd be motivated by money playing at that level. So, well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, me. you, you know, you do your job, you do whatever it is you do down there, 
And if someone came along to you and said, well, we're going to double your money, you'd be like, well, I don't need to show any loyalty to this company. I'm off, you know, and, and, and people often forget that in football and um, that it is anyone would do the same if they were offered the, the same sort of situation. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they go. But uh, what is true about Corinthian, as I said to him there, they're a very close knit bunch and, you know, a lot of them are related and to, to the owner of the club and, and, you know, even if it's distantly. And I think that that togetherness will sort of bring a lot of those players won't want to leave because it's their club. And, and that's what, what, what the key is. And as he said there, the key isn't about bringing players in. It's keeping what he's got. And as I say, as you said there, we all, we often say we don't think there's much difference between the scaffold and the rhyme. And well, this is where we're going to really find out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm fascinated to see if, I don't know if Chris Kinnear Jr. will he go up to that? Of course, he played for Dover. I've seen him, the players there. Yeah, it just yeah, fascinating. Let's hope that we can get the season starting. But fantastic achievement for Corinthian as well from where they were and where they'll be playing. Um, won't be in the Vars, of course, but they'll be in the trophy, won't they? So another big, you know, they could be playing the likes of uh, Notts County if they do well in the trophy. Dover Athletic. Yeah, big clubs I'm talking about. Um, oh yeah. On that basis, so uh, yeah, so yeah, really pleased for them. Um. Very quickly, I have a, a rough estimate of what might happen. There's going to be a Southern Football League one East, apparently. And I have in front of me a, a very rough uh, projections based on two-year points per game. But this was with two teams being promoted. Uh, and Chichester and Three Bridges and Whiteleaf had all been moved across into this Southern League one East. Although Whiteleaf, Whitehawk, I don't know, that would be pretty close. But it looks like one of those teams on the sort of extremities of, uh, of of Sussex will be moved out of the way. So the travelling for Corinthian, Burgess Hill will be a bit of a trek. Uh, Haywards Heath, not ideal. And uh, I think it's going to be Lansing who will be promoted um, from the Southern combination. So, you know, it's going to be, uh, th- th- there are going to be some trips in there that, that are going to be a bit, uh, a bit longer, but what an opportunity. And, and I'm pretty sure there's, there's no danger that most teams will be not be taking the opportunity that, that they've been afforded. And just finally, Matt, as, as Michael said in his last answer there, what a title race that's going to be next season in the, in the scaffold. And, and as you say, no, again, I always ask this question. How many do we reckon all go up from these things? Do we know. Well, this is, this is the thing. I mean, I, I, because obviously this isn't the full restructure, is it? So this is um, because they, they still want to even up the, uh, the National League North and South and then there will be another league and then they've got to bring up all the teams to make that all the way up so there is a possibility that there may be a couple more promotion places next season or, or one more certainly um, but you know it's going to be absolutely brilliant and, and as you said earlier on Chatham and Sheppey are probably thinking well I'm quite glad that, that, that uh, I suppose you could call them like a, an annoying wasp of Corinthian are out of the way and that's one less team they're going to have to beat however as he also said there there's going to be teams in the scaffold including I think some of the teams who are coming up especially Kennington uh, who will be a a threat Um, obviously Kennington Holmesdale and Rustall will all be uh, put forward to go into the scaffold premier if if, if that's what they want Uh, we have put uh, something in place as well to speak to one of those clubs uh, next week on the show as well so hopefully that will come off Um, but it's just exciting times and the scaffold is a division that we love. And I think next season is going to be as good as, if not better than before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, scaffold is such a great league. I think we really um, do from that. And again, the battles we will see will be really good. So I'm absolutely delighted for everybody. I look forward to it. And I want to see football back again. I look, even though there is games coming up, if you wanted to go and watch them, isn't there? Well, the, 
Yeah, there certainly is. There are some bits and pieces. And there is a competition uh, later in the... When crowds will be allowed back in, there is a competition um, being played around the Medway area, which we'll discuss uh, shortly. However, as I said earlier on, there are winners and losers. Now, there are a team in Suffolk by the name of Ipswich Wanderers who have kicked right off. Uh, when the season was curtailed, they were second in the Eastern Counties League Division 1 North, having played all of... 10 games. Having finished eighth in the previous campaign, they aren't in the top three. In fact, they are fifth. And boy, that has upset them greatly. With them saying on Twitter, so it appears that we entered the 2021 uh, league competition 20 odd points behind everyone else. We thought it was null and void and everyone was starting with zero points. We await full details and compensation proposals from the FA. Our legal people are ready. Before adding, we think the promotion strategy next year for us will be play as few games as you can, protect the previous year's playing record, call off as many games as you can, wait for COVID to hit, then you might get promoted. Oops, mustn't say the truth. I've got no previous <laughs> opinion of Ipswich Wanderers, uh, but I have to say that everything they've said there is wrong they didn't enter the season 20 odd points behind everybody else they all started on zero however due to hopefully once in a lifetime circumstances brought around by a global pandemic the season was curtailed had the season been able to be completed the previous season's record would have had absolutely zero impact they're in a division where the top three are to be promoted and of course it's frustrating for them that they were second when the season ended but they had played 10 games 10 out of 36. How can they think that would be any sort of yardstick for their promotion? I do hope they go to court and I hope the judge is able to stop laughing for long enough to tell them to clear off. The thing is, Matt, there were going to be winners and losers. It's sad for Ipswich Wanderers, who were unbeaten, that they haven't finished in the top three. But hopefully this is a one-off and in these exceptional circumstances, surely it's actually good that the FA have at least done something to shake up the pyramid. And if you're Ipswich Wanderers, if you're that good, Next season, you'll win the league anyway. So pipe down, get ready for next season, and just carry on. Uh, I don't need more to say, John. I think we've got very angry, but I fully, fully rely on that. Some of that, that statement that you read out was pretty appalling, I thought, from uh, yeah. Ipswich Wanderers. So, um, um, well, do you like Ipswich Town? Do I like Ipswich? Probably not. So there you go. So I've been to Ipswich. Ipswich. I've been to Ipswich a couple of times. My sister used to live in Ipswich. Yeah. And... Um, uh, yeah, well, they're, they're normally they're very friendly people, but clearly the guy there got out sort of the wrong side of his bed. Clearly, <laughs> but um, yeah, you, you can't appease everybody. Are they the only ones who are kicking off? Are they? There, there are probably others, but I saw them first, so uh, they're the ones who got both barrels from me. Um, but I just, I just, I just looked at that and I thought, you know. Everyone else is looking at that thinking, yeah, fair enough. You know, they've done something. Fair play to the FA, they've done something. And then this team, because they've had a good start to this season, are thinking, well, no, we want to get promoted. Well, that's not how it works. You know, you can't, you're less than a third of the way through the season. I don't understand. Do they think it should be weighted for this season or something? It's unworkable. They've done the best they can in, as I say, exceptional circumstances. Yes. uh, Again, we haven't been very, you know, praising of the FA in this situation, but seem to be that I think they've done the right situation. It could have been easy to sit on their hands and let's go again, but I think uh, they've done the right thing there. So we don't say it very often, but well done, FA. What? Well, well done, FA, if they approve this, but clearly if they've done all the hard work, it will be approved. Yes, exactly. Uh, on with the show, uh, and we'll move on to the Eastman League Premier Division, where obviously we've spoken about Tony Russell's departure from Cray Wanderers uh, at length uh, over the past few weeks, and, and his replacement has been announced. And, and 
I don't mind admitting it. It took me a little bit by surprise when I saw that Danny Kedwell, uh, the former Gillingham, Ebbsfleet, Wimbledon and others uh, striker, is the new manager at Cray Wanderers. The appointment was announced uh, last week. Uh, dived through my phone and I found that I had Danny's number. Uh, so I gave him a call uh, to talk about his appointment at Cray Wanderers. Now, there is a little bit of a background noise here, but hopefully that won't spoil the interview for you. And here is the new Cray Wanderers manager, Danny Kedwell. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's something I've been looking at for quite a while now. I've always wanted to go down that route anyway. So, um, and it had to be the right job. And I think their, their ambition and the people around um, around the club, what they want is uh, something that I'll, it really interested me. And obviously that they've had such a good uh, a good time the last couple of years under Tony Russell, and, and I know most all of the players have gone as well. But Craig Wonders are going to be a draw for people, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And listen, like um, Tony and Joe, they've done a magnificent job there. And it's unfortunately you, that they that the last two years weren't great. Obviously, with this pandemic, um, you never know where they could have took them. So. Um, there was in and around it for two years, and I'm sure they'd have done um, really well if the season would have finished. So it's uh, it's going to be tough to go to do what they've done. Um, and like I say, yeah, they're looking to go to places, and it's a club that, um, that I'm really looking forward to. to be you, a part of. you say you've been planning it for for a long time. You've got your UA for A license as well, and you say so you're prepared and ready for this. Yeah, I've been I've been doing it for a long time now. League five years I've been at the I started with the Epsley uh, scholarship doing all the scholars there for the last four or five years so um, I've really enjoyed it I didn't know if which way I was going to go um, if I was going to enjoy it because some people go into the coaching roles and they say no this is not for me I'd not enjoy it but I've really enjoyed my time of doing it and so it was something that the last couple of years I've been like thinking I need to I want to go into the men's men's game side of it and uh, I'm glad I've got the opportunity. What sort of uh, what sort of team are we going to see? What sort of football are Danny Kedwell, Cray Wanderers, going to play? Um, like I said, I mean, join games. <laughs> <laughs> That's my philosophy. Um, listen, there's going to be times when we can play football, and obviously, I want to play football as much as I can. But um, some sometimes you can't win that in my in my time of playing. We've played football and then we've gone the next week and we can't play football against certain teams. So I love my philosophy is obviously going out there and trying to win as many games as I can um, in different styles, really. Obviously, you've played under a lot of uh, very good managers in your in your playing career. I guess you've taken a bit from, from a lot of them. Have you into what sort of manager you're going to be? Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm taking bits bits from different people. I've had, I've had five promotions and different different managers um, well, I had two with Terry Brown and but the rest have been different ones so I'll be taking bits of, from every single one of them and the better ones and have my my own my own little twist to them um, I, you always got to be your own man uh, but I will definitely take a bit of something from different people that I've had manage man management to me as well and I suppose, obviously, the players have gone with Tony Russell. So you've currently got no players at all. I guess that's actually a really, really exciting way to do it. You've got a complete blank canvas there. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it's going to be harder because uh, <laughs> I've got to get a whole new squad. So it's definitely going to be um, a very busy few months 
getting players on board and getting them in compared to like obviously some managers come in and you've got six, seven players already there. You've got to add to it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking really forward to it. Um, wouldn't expect it to be like that on your first job, but like I say, I'm looking forward to it and it's, uh, it'd be um, exciting. Are you bringing anyone in along to work alongside you? Are you someone who maybe has been around a little bit more? Um, no, I've got someone in mind. Um, I'm, 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 on, I'm talking to him in a minute, but it's not concrete. So until, until it's actually concrete, um, I'm not too sure what... I've got people in mind. Fair enough. Uh, what's the ambitions for, for, for Cray this season, do you think? Or next season, sorry. We just got to, we, yeah, next season. Um, we just to compete in the top. That's that's all I'm 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 looking for, and see what happens. That's the main target. And obviously, the Eastern League uh, is is a league that you know. I think you played there quite a bit in your, in your early days of your career, so you know what what sort of challenges it's going to provide, don't you? Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be tough. Um, and I, like I say, these leagues um, are very tough to um, compete in and you've got to get the right players and the right mentality and the, the right way of, of playing really and um, I've more or less played higher in the leagues or I've just played lower I've never really played I don't think I've actually played in a Ryman Prem um, so it'd be challenging but i played just below and i played above it so a lot so um, but I know, I know what, what I need and we, I know what what it takes to get out of these leagues, so hopefully um, I can do that. And obviously, Cray Wanderers as a club, they're still playing at Bromley, but there are ambitions to, to get their own stadium. And I guess the whole that there is so much potential at the club. Yeah, there is. Um, the people around the chairman and the, the board, and the, there's such a they've got ambitions, um, and you can see it when I was speaking to them. And it's a great club going places. Um, and it's, it's really exciting. And the, and the people, like I say, the people around the board, they're just so football, football um, orientated. They love football. So um, hopefully I can uh, do a job for them. And just finally, I suppose, the, the, the perfect opportunity for them, for you to, to cut your teeth in, in management and, and see how you go. Yeah, exactly. That's, they've given me my, um, my chance. They, so... I really appreciate them for what they've done to let me um, be part of their club, really, and my journey. He just wants to win matches, Matt. That's that's your sort of uh, mentality, oh, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. When I listen to that interview, right up my street. Absolutely. Don't, you know, who cares? You can put 50 passes in and then put it wide in the far post. If you have to be dirty, play dirty, play long to win football matches, right up my street. And... Danny Campbell, I didn't know he had his A licence, so and I know he was at Ebbsfleet, wasn't he, doing uh, their academy. So clearly um, he's been moving towards this situation. And if Danny Kebwell shows as much passion and desire as a player from you know working his way up through the leagues as a manager, Cray have got a really good manager, I think. And that that's brought a smile to my face. He goes, all I've got to do is win football matches because that's perfect that's what i would be as i mentioned if i was a manager that i don't care how you play just as long as we win yeah well, i mean what a brilliant opportunity for him as well and he kind of said it works both ways but he is going into a football club where 
there is a completely blank canvas. And uh, I, I did sort of ask him about an assistant manager. I'm sure he'll bring someone in who's, who's got a little bit more nous, uh, who's, who's been in the dugout before, and that will help him out. But going into a club that have had a good couple of seasons, but every single player has now left, I think that's a great opportunity because, yeah, they've done all right. And, yeah, there will be there will be some people expecting them to be there or thereabouts. But if you look at it from a realistic point of view, to bring in to come in with no players at all is, is a good situation because if he came in and there was the players that, that were there and then some of them didn't perform and you were looking and saying, well, that's how has this squad become worse? Well, it's the manager. He hasn't got that worry. He can just go out there, pick and choose. And I'm sure Craig Wanderers will be a very, very attractive proposition to a lot of people. I think it's really exciting and I'm really, really interested to see how he gets on. Yeah. I, I, cause what, what I heard that it was going to be an ex Premier League player was going to get this job. So, um, from what I think, but I think maybe he wasn't didn't want the whole kit and the caboodle of running the club that Danny Kebwell will have. So that's what I heard. But that's, I'm not going to say names, but that's what we heard. But Danny Kebwell was I surprised? No, I think he, he's going there. Clearly, what I did ask you is he still going to play, John? Because we didn't know, did we? Because he he, he was playing for was it Hollands and Blair, was it? He was playing for it was Hollands and Blair last year, and then he, then went, he went back, back to, to Haven. Haven. And he was still scoring goals to Haven. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't actually ask him. That was pretty remiss of me, to be honest. But uh, I think he's very focused on, on the managerial side of things. And it could be one of those where he may uh, chuck his boots on every now and then. But I think Danny Kedwell now wants to be seen as Danny Kedwell football manager rather than Danny Kedwell centre forward. And and uh, he, he sounded really passionate about it. And I think he's really, really looking forward to getting his teeth stuck into it. Yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, as a player, you'll probably look up to him and see what he's done through the leagues. Um, and he wants to, I presume his main aim one day is maybe either manage Gillingham or AFC Wimbledon, where he was very popular. So if he's successful, he'll go through that. Clearly, I know if he's got a bit of a business brain, he's got um, irons and fires of business. So he will go forward and it's a great job for him. I presume it'd be interesting to see who his signings will be. I'm so excited about all these players that people are going to sign next season and where they were going to come from. Uh, and, and again, I, w- I was wondering about his assistant, who he'd bring in with somebody with a bit of experience with him. But no, I think um, with Tony Russell, they had a, a passionate manager and I think they've replaced him with just as passionate player, person and manager as Danny Kebbell. So I think it's a great appointment. Yeah, it really is. Um, also, as well, you, you kind of hit on it there. If you were a young player who's got ambitions of, of getting into the, the Football League and, and you're at that level at the moment, Danny Kebble will be a great draw because there is someone who has done it. You know, Danny Kebble was a, a non-league player and then it, through hard work and obviously his his ability, he not only got into the Football League, but he got to play and captain the team that he had supported all of his life. And that just shows that, that dreams can come true. You know, he's he's he wasn't a, a whippersnapper when he, when he got into the Football League, but he still had a really good career and, you know, fair play to him. And, as I say, if you were a young player with those sort of expectations, you would want to play for Danny Kedwell, wouldn't you? Yeah, I remember a story, um, must be 15, 16 years ago. I was at a game at Herne Bay when he was playing for Herne Bay up front with David Masters and A.B. Pennock was there. And I knew about A.B. Pennock back in the day and I was talking to him and he and he said that he was watching Danny Kedwell that game and kept an eye on him. And I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, he was a bit of a handful. I thought Masters probably had a better game than him that day, the former Kent cricketer. And then next season, Pennock had signed him for Welling and then he went from you know, from from there. So, yeah, he, yeah, I think um, he's got a graft of football at all levels, I think, Danny Kebrell. So, I think it's, even though he's not played at that level, he's played at levels below that and, and been successful. So, I think um, it's, a, it's a great appointment. And I'm, 
I'm ashamed if he's hanging off his boots because I'm sure he'll still do a job with 20 minutes to go because, you know, if you need a target, man, there's no better. Well, exactly. And and just to, you know, put, put what I was saying, Danny Kedwell was just 28 when he made his Football League debut. So it just shows what, what can be done. And, and you say that the clubs he played for before uh, that, he was at Chatham, Tunbridge Angels, Fisher Athletic, Lordswood, Maidstone, Herne Bay, Welling, Grays Athletic, then Wimbledon, where obviously he got the goal, which took them into the uh, into the uh, Football League after, and what a moment that must have been. Then 119 league appearances, 40 goals for Gillingham in four years before Ebbsfleet as well. So uh, he's, he's a player who got better with age and I think he will be a manager who gets better with age as well and and massive good luck to him and thanks to him for his time on Monday I, uh, I really really appreciate it and it's another thing that's just getting the, the juices flowing so to speak ahead of next season yeah yeah again we're still what four months away isn't it from the start of next season but um I think the, the hard work for a lot of clubs is definitely starting now there must be a melee of player people going for the same players it would be really interesting to see who comes out on top and all that yes of course matt there was also we've pushed it to the end but there was a game that you went to uh on saturday deal town uh against binfield in the fa vars unfortunately uh it was the end of the line uh for deal what i understand was a, a a tropical uh charles ground on saturday uh you will hear that discussed in this interview which you're about here because after the game matt caught up with uh Coach, assistant manager, friend of the show, all-round nice man, Steve King, to talk about Deal Town against Binfield. For 25 minutes, I thought we were really good. We started the game really well. We were on the front foot. We did everything that we wanted to do. But ultimately, over the 90 minutes, their quality and bit of class showed. And no complaints from us. Uh, we knew how difficult it was going to be. I think I said during the week, we knew it was going to be a really tough game. Um, and they've, they've turned up. They've played well. They've taken their chances. And we're going to have to take that one on the chin. Yeah, you started the game pretty well. Got the early goal. And, but again, you seem to go a little bit flat. And they came into the game and you're on the back foot quite a bit. Yeah, 100%. We did, we did everything that we talked about for the first 20, 25 minutes. We got the goal. We were positive. We were on the front foot. We were winning a lot of first contacts. We were getting round second balls. But then when we got camped in a little bit, it was hard for us to get out. Um, and they, they made it difficult for us. They kept the ball alive. We were, rather than playing out and hitting front men, we were whacking at clearances. And, and then, obviously, they're picking up good possession and... It's then very difficult, because we like to be defensively organised, it's then very difficult to get out. We don't just leave three people on the halfway line to just try and whack the ball to them. We, you get camped in. We was quite happy to get in at half-time one all when we got in. And I thought we actually started the second half. I thought it was quite even again, the first 10, 15. You gave away two goals as well, didn't you? And then we've given away two goals, haven't we? Do you know what I mean? So like, I, Defensive I think, mistakes from probably more, one of your more experienced players. Yeah, I'm not going to have got any of the boys because they've been brilliant um, and we haven't played for four months and a bit rusty and I think they were on us on our first touch a lot of the time and I mean, the boys are gutted um, and on another day, you don't make those mistakes, it stays one all again. I think we just said we had the free kick at 2-1 that we probably should have scored from and that can go 2 all and it can be game on. I mean, it, lots of little things, but ultimately over 90 minutes, they're the better side. Yeah. I mean, that's... You mentioned there, first game in four months. What was the feeling today when you got up and you were actually going to football? Which you, You're lucky at your level. Not, it seems like I haven't played since that time. Oh, I loved it. I loved, until about 3.25 today. It was, a, it was a great day. It just got a little bit more difficult um, after that. But, no, it was great to be back. And uh, I mean, we haven't disgraced. I know it looks for, you look at 4-1 and you think, oh, but what's it, 84th, 94th, we're throwing... 
bodies forward. We, I mean, like I said, we might as well lose four five one as sitting on a two. If you're in the league, in a league game, you might be actually we'll be a bit more cautious and see if we can nick a late equal. But yeah, you just got to go for having you and throw caution to the wind. And they've shown a bit of quality in the last ten minutes on the counter attack to put a gloss on it for them. Really, I think. How good is it though? You've been back training with the players, etc., like that. How important was this game for the club to get them back into the habit of playing football again? Yeah, yeah, really important. I also think it sets a benchmark for where we want to get to. Do you know what I mean? We're an ambitious club. We want to get to those sorts of levels. So we've seen again that we're not a million miles off it today, but we're not there yet to do it over 90 minutes. Do you know what I mean? We can do it for. 25, 30 minutes and be well in the game um, and be the better side to be honest in my opinion but we've got to start doing that for 60 minutes, 70 minutes and that's what we'll be aiming to do from August, that's exactly what we've just said there, do you know what I mean, uh, there's a standard that's been set now, we've got two or three months to dust ourselves down, get ourselves ready and, and hope that if we play this sort of side in three months time again that we, we're going to be there 60, 70 minutes at that sort of level but you won't mention August again. What happens now for you as a club? Do you go back into hibernation? Do you carry on playing? Or um, your season's now over, which is, I'm sorry, sad to say. Yeah, I, I, we probably won't play. Uh, we've got to have a think about it in a discussion. We haven't really thought about it. Um, I see there's some sides playing in tournaments at the end of May, start of June, but I think that could be a really long pre-season. Um, so I think we'll probably keep the boys coming in once a week or so, just keep ticking over, and then look to start pre-season sort of middle of June and, and go from there, really. How difficult has it been the last four months not actually football playing football? As a football person as you are, not playing football, COVID's you know, affected a lot of people at this level as well. Awful, mate. Awful. I've, I've done loads of work at school. Do you know I, mean? I think the school are probably quite happy. I've been, do you know I, mean? I haven't been shooting off to London every Tuesday or Thursday night to watch games. Um, but look, the world's been. We haven't lost anybody at the club due to COVID. Thankfully, I haven't lost anybody personally, so I'm going to count my blessings there. And do you know I mean, there's a lot of lot of people who have gone through a worse situation than us in football. And although it's been difficult for us as footballers we've got to put it in perspective and hopefully we can now get back to some sort of normality for the 2021-22 season I have to say lovely weather for it as well today wouldn't it absolutely freezing <laughs> I'm absolutely frozen um, yeah for 10th of April whatever it is barbecue weather it should be shouldn't it and I think everyone wants to get no changing rooms so everyone wants to go and get in the warm I think uh, I didn't get the chance to uh, to to watch any of the game, Matt, but it sounded like Deal were ultimately beaten by a better team. Yeah, um, Deal started pretty well first on the front foot, first fifteen minutes, got the goal, um, good corner came in and headed in by the defender. But the Benfield game more into the game, they had a couple of chances, scored just before half time, um, and then Deal came out of the traps a little bit. But Benfield had that extra quality; they had a good number seven who scored a couple of good goals, and they also had their centre forward who was the captain he was really the difference between the team because Deal have got Deal don't really have a centre forward and that was the issue they've got some nice ball players uh, McCauley McMurray um, who I thought had a good game you know even though his mistake led to one of the goals you know he's a, he's a good footballer but when the ball went forward there was nobody you know back to goal who could hold the ball up and Binfield who had a big lad at the back who had the biggest tattoo I'd ever seen in my life on his leg it covered his whole leg I don't think he was the greatest defender in the world, but he didn't have to mark anybody. And that was the problem. And um, they've got some pacey wide men as well, Troy Howard, but they didn't really get into the game. And that was the difference that they had. They had an outlet when, when they're under pressure a little bit, they could put it up to this guy up top. who was pretty good. Hold it up and he'd bring players into play. And yeah, I, I think Binfield, Binfield were up for the game as well. You could see it beforehand um, because, you know, they, they lost last year to them. They were very much up for it. 
think they were disappointed, not Deal's fault that they had to get changed basically on the coach because of COVID and things like that. You just felt that you know, Binfield had a bit between the teeth and Steve King did say they were the favourites and they deserved to win. Maybe 4-1 was a bit harsh on harsh on Deal, but it was a brilliant last goal for the football when he curled it in. But yeah, well, It's like were, he said there, wasn't it, when he said, you know, well, we might as well have lost 4-1 than 2-1. Yeah. So I, And I love that attitude in, in a cup game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it would be disappointing because goals 2 and 3 were defensive mistakes, really, uh, and they were punished by good, by good finishes. So, um, yeah, I think they did look a bit rusty. The goalkeeper, James Tonkins, he had a bit of a, you know, not as, um, didn't really dominate his area as much as what he'd done before. But, yeah, and, it, and the conditions were terrible. It was so cold and wet and miserable. After all, the, I don't think we had any rain for about a month and it all came, came down on Saturday. So, yeah, I think they'll be they'll be disappointed. But again, Steve, yeah, I think he was delighted they played a the game, disappointed it went out. It'd be interesting to see how Binfield go on further in the competition now because um, I think they've got Fakenham and Fakenham are a league below them in the, in the pyramid. So you expect them to get through. So, yeah, it was, it was a good to watch a game of football. Still beaten by the better team. And if Steve King... You know, if I was going to say to anything, you've got a basis of a good side, but like everything, if you can get um, a striker in, you could be okay. Because they got a striker who got injured, who caused the hat trick in the FA Cup, but I can't remember his name now. And we had him on the show. We did. Uh, yeah, and um, he uh, I can't remember his name uh, he was there as well. Like trying to, and I was thinking from that, yeah. But um, Ben, is it Ben, somebody. But yeah, yeah. Try and get him fit, but try and get a striker in, which is easier said than done. Just to just to be a target man who can hold the ball up and bring others into play. That's that's what they missed, and that was the. The difference between the sides. Ben Cardwell. Cardwell. Made that up. No. That's, it. that's right. Well done. Ben, we loved having you on the show. Thank yeah, you yeah, so yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but he, he's the, he's the, he was the outlet, you know. He'd run in behind, be strong for that. And that's what they missed, really. Um, and they did a job on Troy Howard, the, the quick winger as well. First 20 minutes, they sort of got him in behind, but then they doubled up on him and, you know, bigger boys came in and sort of muscled him off the ball. But yeah, there, there's plenty, you know, dealer work in progress, as Steve King said on there interview there and interested to see how they get on and praised by uh, Michael Golding as well with all that bat deal so um, yeah they'll look to go on and yeah get you know I'm no expert but I think they need they, a striker you know who could put the ball in the back of the net easier said than done that's probably what deal will be looking for next season yeah I think they're a team that are uh, impossible not to not to like and and Steve King infectious yeah, yeah. Uh, bloke and uh, you know obviously disappointed for them but thanks him as always for his time and and you personally, mate, although it was cold, were you happy to be out at a game? Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. I saw my good Steve McCartney, you know, Kentish football. Good yep. Steve. He was there, so catching up with him. Uh, a few other people, Stephen O'Brien, who was on the bench, caught up with him. Uh, you know, unfortunately, he pulled his groin so he couldn't play. Yeah, a few people I had. It was good. People seemed to be enjoying the football. The weather was atrocious, as I say. So, um, and my feet were absolutely frozen, as, as everybody's was there. So, um Oh, it'd be nice to watch football when the weather's a bit um, warmer. Maybe I'm getting too old because I'm thinking, oh, it's too cold. So, on these things, and I, I did say to my wife, oh, maybe I need to buy some heated socks going forward next season. But, but I didn't wear my special warm boots either because I turned up in my trainers, which was a schoolboy uh, era. School it it's just my own fault, really. Speaking. Yes, uh, you mentioned it earlier, but there is going to be a uh, a post-lockdown cup. Uh, a five-team cup competition uh, in the uh, involving scaffold teams. The teams are Chatham Town, Lordswood, Punjab United, Rochester United and Sheppey United. It's due to start on the 18th of May. Uh, the games will be held across four venues. Uh, the Belleville Stadium, Elite Venue, Martin Grove and Reed Court Road, uh, with Sheppey's ground obviously being out of commission at the moment. They will play their home games at Chatham. 
Uh, it's going to be a five-team cup competition in league format. Everyone will play each other twice. Uh, the top two teams will then meet in the final. Uh, games will be played on Tuesdays and Saturdays with the odd Friday phone in over a five-week period. The final is due to be played on Tuesday, the 22nd of June. Uh, they are hopeful that supporters will be able to attend games, but obviously that will depend on government advice close to the time. Uh, and of course, Homeside will announce ticket details uh, when they go forward. But that's going to be quite an exciting uh, thing to to bring to the, the season to an end. Yeah, I presume trialists could be all in. Um, uh, yeah, it would be just to see how they would trialists come in, players come in, just get a bit of fitness, a bit of their eggs. What happens after the 22nd? Do they have a break before they start pre-season? That will be a thing because a lot of people have said it seems um, a bit of a long... Um, Look for long pre-season if you have it from May till August. But um, interesting to see what they do, and interesting to see how supported it is with the Euros in. If you can work it well together, have a game on, then and watch the Euros at the bars as well. It should be okay. Yep, look forward to. I'll keep an eye out for that. Yes, it should be. uh, It should be. Good fun. Uh, obviously, Bromley's uh, season continues in the National League. A uh, good week for them as well with two victories. Uh, their first two under manager Andy Woodman, a 1-0 win at home on Saturday, and then an absolute thriller, uh, winning 4-3 at Woking on Tuesday night. Uh, just a point outside the playoffs now, uh, Bromley. It's, it's, it's all of a sudden looking good. And if they can continue that form, then they're going to be in good shape. And I said last week that these two games were really important and uh, they've stepped up to the plate. Yeah, <laughs> when you look at that again, when they were 3-2 down with nine minutes to go, I think, oh, they're going to blow it. Come, maybe James Alabi apparently scored a cracker um, last minute. And, and again, I didn't realise, maybe that, you know, when when we got rid of Smudger, that they thought, you know, when you told me about the fixtures they had, really, it's in their own hand, isn't it? It really is in their own hand. They've got their Andy Woodman. Defensively, they've been pretty solid with before, haven't they? They've not scored that many goals, but this time, scored goals, but conceded any, but Shows attacking massive game at the weekend, didn't it, against Chesterfield? If they can beat them, they're right in there. So it's going to be on the knife edge. So, um, but when you've got Michael Cheek always scoring goals, you've always got a chance. For me personally, I don't think they'll get there. Hope to be proved wrong, but I think the top seven who are in there now will be the top seven. But if Bromley beat those sides around, they'll have a chance. But I think the top seven there will get will be the top seven that goes on. We shall see what happens, but I find it impossible to believe that with up to what another eleven games to go, that, that these teams won't that there won't be some chopping and changing. Well, well presumably a lot seven. of teams are playing each other, but I just fancy the top seven being the strong sides in the division. So. I wonder what. Um, obviously, we weren't there on Saturday, but I wonder what happened with a uh, very mild mannered and, and friendly Luke Coulson uh, getting sent off late on against Stanley Ridge for arguing with the match officials. That's that's I, not very. Luke I, Coulson, I did see it? that. I still, even though. I'm not involved in the National League. I still watch the National League highlights show, John. I just to see Dover at the bottom of the league thinking, I'm di- and we would have beaten Barnet this week as well because we we're supposed to be playing Barnet. So that so that makes me feel thing from there. Um, yes, basically he was fouled. Then the next thing, team running after the referee. The next thing, the referee pulls out a red card. Wow. So yeah, very mild mannered Luke Coulson. So I'm, yeah. I'm surprised about that as well. So that's it must a have really him up. Yeah, yeah, it didn't seem that, you know, it was the last minute of the game as well. So yeah. uh, uh, straight to that. We did have somebody say, um, ask a question, didn't we, about Dover? We did. You can ask away. Uh, uh, let me find it. Oh, uh, Granddad's getting his technology out again, yeah, everyone. Uh, let me find it. <laughs> I've got it. My, my question is, say Dover had, rather than refuse to play, cobbled together a team together, including a front three of me, which I'm guessing is Tom. Yeah. 
uh, Matthew Gerrard and Chris Collings, would there have been a sanction even though we would be losing 26-0 every week? And I think we did kind of touch on that uh, when we said, well, no, I don't think there would be any sanction. But Jim Palmer was very, very adamant that he didn't want to do that because we have to remember that it costs money to, to play these games, doesn't it? With Even though you don't have any supporters in the stadium, it costs money to put the floodlights on and uh, heat up the, the, the dressing rooms and everything like that. And also the away travel to places like Hartlepool and uh, Halifax and Torquay doesn't come cheap, does it? So Jim Palmer was very, very adamant all the way through. Would it have cost more than 40 grand to have been beaten 26-0 every week with you up front? I don't know. I reckon they could have got you to... If they'd said, like, Matt, give us 500 quid and you can pay for us for the rest of the season, I think you'd have paid it. To have Gerard number 84 on the back of my shirt, absolutely. Of course I would have done from, from there. So, But again, people are... Because our friends Chesterfield, again, who furloughed half their amount of players, got a big loan from the league and now still got players on furlough and now spending money on players. So there seems a bit of controversy about that. But nobody sort of mentioned it. Maybe... In the league, maybe because everybody's doing it. So there you go. They have to spend their money. Yes, uh, this weekend, Bromley are playing at Chesterfield. That game has been moved forward to 12.30, uh, obviously because all the games have been moved forward uh, to avoid a clash with the funeral of the Duke of Edinburgh. Uh, it should have been a fun week for you this week, mate, because it looks like you would have been Weymouth away Saturday and Weymouth at home on Tuesday. Back in the day, Dover, when Dover won the league in 1990, I'm really boring people now, they played Weymouth at home on the Saturday, away on the Saturday, won 3-0. And on the next Tuesday, arguably the greatest performance I've ever seen from the Dover side, they beat Weymouth 7-0. Wow. And it was April as well. Who scored the goals? Uh, Axel Foley, Lenny, Sir Leonard of Lee, Timmy Dixon must have scored. It was just one of those things I was, well, older than 15, sitting at the foot. You just, it was just, we just turned, they were just awesome. That's probably one of the best performances ever when they won 7-0 against Weymouth. They'll always remember that. It just, you know, it just steamrolled the teams. And they went on to win the league and then they weren't allowed up. But we don't talk about that because I'm still bitter. 31 years on. So what? So that would have been into the... what? what, what well, that? that would have been uh, Bees Rhymes Premier when they won the league but they weren't <laughs> allowed up. Bees Premier. Yep. Because um, the ground... They started moving... They knocked half the stand down before the final game of the season. But then, allegedly, the Bath chairman was on the National League board, or conference board as it was then, vetoed Dover going up. And of course, who finished second? Bath. Yeah. So I've never uh, been a fan uh, of Bath. Really sounds, it really sounds like nothing's changed in 31 years <laughs> in the uh, in the uh, National League yeah. or the GM Voxel Conference as it was. <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm still bitter about that as we were. So, um, I didn't realise Bath were on the list. I'm glad to yeah, yeah, add yeah, them yeah, yeah. They're always, to the yeah, sizable yeah, yeah. list that we have. Yeah, but uh, we played Bath since then. I've never really... Um, and much of a rival, but they, they they basically stopped us going up that season. So, and we were in that momentum. You never know; we could have won, could have been promoted into the football league at that stage after that because we momentum we had because we had Chris, Chris Kinnear and Sir Leonard Lee up front. So, hang on just a second. Let me just make a note. I just want to make sure that I'm not going to misquote you in any way, shape, or form. But a petty Bar City chairman in 1990 yeah. prevented Dover Fest from being a football league club. Could have done. Could have done. Because we were on a, we were on an absolute roll. We never wow. we must have gone back four seasons without losing. If you'd like to co-host the Kent Only podcast, then do get in touch. <laughs> it could have been. So and I don't. I'm not too bothered about being a speed of football league team now. But when you're 15 and 14, going up every week and travelling the breadth of the country, those little things. Great. And 31 years later, 
you know, it still hurts. I, I, I would, I, I would, I would, I, if I see a Bar City shirt, I would mumble under my breath. So there you go. If you do, if you are a listener from Bath, I do apologise. But yeah, they, they robbed us. I did say last week, if you are a football fan and your team wrongs Matthew Gerrard, he will remember. He's just proven that with a 31-year grudge against the team from the delightful city of Bath. Anyway, uh, that's enough of the football chat. There's something, Matt, I need to talk about. And I've, I've been meaning to talk about this for a while, but it's something that really bothers me, right? It is 2021. Yeah? Yep. Technology has come on beyond all recognition. I always say to people, if my nan, rest her soul, came back, she died in 1994. If she came back now, that is the the, the period of time where the most has happened. You know, she wouldn't believe that I've got this thing here that is, what, seven or eight inches big. And it's got all my music, all my phone contacts. So I can see someone in Australia. <laughs> yeah. Um but she you know technology has come on leaps and bounds in the past 30 years. So why in 2021 are hose pipes still such a pain in the ass to attach to an outside tap? Why has no one invented something so that the bloody thing doesn't keep leaking? I've had enough of every single time I fix that bloody thing out there it leaking. No matter what they do, I've had hundreds of different bits and pieces on it. It's still ruddy leaks. Come on, technology. Invent something to make hose pipes better. I, I, I do find going on the reel is always a pain as well. Because I've taken it off the reel now on there because oh, you can never wipe it up. But my mum did give me a one and I might swap it over. But this is really dull, isn't it? But, but the, we've got the right fitting. And if I take it off. I think my mum's one won't fit and then it will have all sorts of problems. It's, honestly, we've got these, we had one of those ones with the, like, with the key that you had to twist round to tighten it up. And I tightened it up and then I got, then, then I heard, oh, the host pipe's le- leaking. I went outside and it had already gone down. So I tightened it up again. Same thing happened. So then I changed it to a different thing and it's still leaking. I, I just don't understand why this moderately simple thing is still so complicated in 2021. Well, that's I don't really know to say for that, but there, there's a lot of things that complicate me, so I'm not going to get too involved with that. More importantly, John, I, I know you, um, I did see your tweet earlier about um, Prince Philip and Captain Tom. Oh, crikey, yeah. Have you ever seen anything so cringeworthy? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's like I say, um, you know, in the past year, we have lost a lot of people. I know people like yourself. Um, who've who've lost loved ones um i've had i've not been directly affected but i've had distant family members um have passed away i had three people that i knew die in the space of three days earlier on this month and it's still getting me how people can put things on and and get so heartbroken about people that they've never met passing away you know i'm a million times sadder about you losing your dad even though i never met your dad than i am prince philip and uh, it, it it's just a, the age of social media with people always wanting to to get one up and, and you know someone has gone to effort to make that thing that i tweeted out and then someone has said this made me cry why it, were you crying because it was so cringeworthy and, and awful and, and terrible or were you crying because you're an absolute goon uh, yeah, uh, it did hit home, Prince. More for because the Queen and she's lost her 
partner and I think about my mum quite a Having bit, watched The Crown, having watched The Crown, he, he it made, come, meant a lot yeah, more yeah, to yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah, loved yeah. him on The Crown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. He, he, he was a bit of a character. That's probably the best way of describing it from there. It'd be interesting to see how it goes from there. Yeah, Have it, you seen uh, that picture of when he dressed up as one of the guards? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. was, and she just sat there, she just stood there like absolutely wetted herself. And, you know, he was... It was a, a big part of of our nation, and you know, I've, obviously, it's it's really sad, and you do feel sad for the Queen. But the the outpouring is a bit, of people is is a bit much, and you know, that is the problem with social media. Everyone, it, it, everything is just polarized. You're either, you know, the only people who ever talk about things are either the ones who really really like it or really really hate it, and you know, that's why I don't talk about things because a lot of the things I'm just completely dead bang in the middle about things. You know, I. You just see people who you only ever see the out the outrageous opinions of the ones that get shared around. It's, it's the people, the sensible people like you and I in the middle ground and everything. We haven't got a voice anymore, and, and I'm, do you know, what? I'm quite happy with that. Yep, fair play. But I did just get to have a rant about hose pipes. Exactly, I've been planning, yeah, so cool. all is well with the world. Uh, Master final was on last night in the end. Uh, brilliant end to a, a really good the series. Guy, do you know? Uh, I only read that a guy who used to work at Nando's one. Yeah, the, the funny thing was, is normally they give a little bit of jeopardy when they do the final, um, like when they've done the final tastings and, you know, real sort of, oh, well, how, how's this, per- who's going to win, who's going to win? When they tasted his food, there was absolutely no doubt who'd won because they were just like, this is amazing, this is amazing. So well done to him. Well, uh, really he, enjoyed he, where will he go now and open his own restaurant, will he? Yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah, he does a lot of Japanese um, food with a or sort of European food with a Japanese twist. So I'd imagine that'd be quite popular. So uh, yeah, well done to him. Enjoyed that line of duty on Sunday was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Rat. Yeah, he died. What was the cause of death? He died of being a rat. <laughs> the word rat is used a lot in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely superb episode. Looking forward to Sunday and spent all my time pondering about that for the last uh, God knows how long. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's all exciting times, really. We, you know, I've, I've had my hair cut Monday. I've been shopping. Uh, I've been out for something to eat. It, it feels like there's some sort of normality creeping in. Uh, anyway, thank you everybody for listening to this week's show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast, but we won't be posting pictures of Tom Moore and Prince Philip. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook as well uh, if you search for Kent Only Podcast. Uh, you may see pictures of Tom Moore and Prince Philip uh, if you look on my Twitter feed at John Phipps 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard uh, as well. Uh, yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Thanks to all three of our guests for their time. Uh, thank you to the FA for making what could be a sensible decision and thank you to Twitch Wanderers for their little Twitter rant which I which I did enjoy dissecting uh, earlier on on the show uh, but yeah thank you everybody for listening and we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only podcast I have my jab next week and let's hope I'm in feeling well <laughs>